0: Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on all social platforms at Sir Give me a follow. Reach out to me on Twitter, preferably. Um, I'd love to interact with people. I'd love to get some questions on the show or some suggestions or even, you know, bring people in and stuff like that. Um, You know, anything I can do to uh, make the podcast a little better. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything else over there, uh, anything around the world. If you find something that it's not on, Let me know, and uh, we'll see what we need to do. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome, and I'll give you a quick rundown of how things look. So typically on the show, we go through all of the latest and greatest news from around the net as it relates to Overwatch and the Overwatch League. Then, because we're in the off-season, we'll do our best to scratch that off-season itch by looking at all the movement going on in the Overwatch League in a segment that I like to call the Owl Trade Tracker. So, as I mentioned, follow us, subscribe to the podcast, download every episode, and reach out to me, because I'd love to hear from you. Without further ado, let's hop right on into the news. Playtime's over. So, for our first news story this week, I'm going to once again touch on the Overwatch Halloween Terror 2020 event because as of recording we are in our final hours of the event so this is just your friendly reminder to make sure you uh, log in there get your wins so that you can get that final uh, weekly challenge skin which this week is of course the ragdoll echo skin they saved the best for last Um, and if you don't have it get in there because the event will end tomorrow actually by the time you're listening to this the event may end in literal hours from now um so yeah, get in there, get those last minute spooky skins, and of course, if you want to get any of the other previous year's uh, Halloween skins, then definitely buy those while they're cheap as well, while they're cheap and available, um, because uh, they'll be going away again until uh, until the next special season time to get them, which might be the anniversary archives Christmas event. It's been so long. I, there's so many events, I can't, I can't keep track anymore. But I digress. Get in there. Get those wins. Get those skins. Now then, our next and first real news story, of course. Uh, this one is actually I'm pulling from the Overwatch path to pro Twitter account, which is of course at OWPath2Pro. Um, so they announced for the month of November, you can earn Torbjorn and Lucio's Contender skins by watching Contenders. Seven hours for Torbjorn, 15 for Lucio. Get a head start tomorrow with the Grand Finals of EU and North American Contenders October Tournaments. That was, of course, uh, posted a couple days ago there. Yesterday, in fact. Um, November 1st. So, uh, I wanted to bring this to everyone's attention. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, this is something they just recently started doing. I think I think uh, October was the first month they did it. Um, and you could get a Mercy and Symmetra skin, I believe. Um, for again 7 and 15 hours I'm not sure which was which uh, of contenders content streamed however it looks like this month they're continuing it with Torbjorn and Lucio so interesting picks there Um, you know I mean I'm honestly not too certain who really wants that Torbjorn one Uh, but hey I'm all for free skins and and promoting uh, tier 2 even though I don't personally follow it that closely anyways but if that's something you're interested in ahead and give it a watch i definitely i have tuned in for a little bit and it certainly does feel good to get that overwatch league fix kind of thing um so that's that now moving on from there this is gonna be a quick news section of this episode that's for sure uh there's not a lot of news going on and i'm also i should mention i'm not actually going to uh mention any of the trades and movement in terms of free agency um just because i will cover that in our final segment of the uh show called the owl tracker but anyways i will get to that shortly here so the next thing i wanted to bring up is from dot posted by liz richardson and this of course uh the title here is overwatch's latest live patch notes bring health changes may buffs now i wanted to bring this up because of course last week we saw an experimental patch with a lot of very similar if not these exact Uh, changes to some heroes Um, so i'm not going to cover them in too much detail but there are a few notable things so as the title reads may buffs um, so i will quickly talk about that because those ones we did see in the experimental and they are continuing to come across to the live game now cryo freeze now restores 15 ammo per second and ice wall cooldown lowered from 12 nope from 13 to 12 seconds so those changes are for may and that essentially gives her a little bit of a buff just because uh, now there's there's sort of less of an impotence to reload um, It kind of you know the strategically speaking as a may player if you're using that uh, projectile um, Rather than you know consuming ammo consuming ammo consuming ammo and then having to use your defensive uh, uh, Cryo freeze to heal yourself up as you've probably taken damage you can actually use that to reload now so That'll actually be a pretty interesting one because um, it does give May a chance to regain some of her ammo so that when she comes out of that uh, Cryo Freeze, she has a chance to kind of wreck shop again um, if you're not quick enough or agile enough to get away from her. So that's one of the more interesting ones. Um, outside of that, another interesting thing that differs from the uh, experimental card changes that we saw is actually the um, the Amplification Matrix for Baptiste. So this one... Uh, is actually one of the few things that didn't make it from the experimental into the live game so if you're recalling the experimental patch experimental whatever it's called, card uh, you'll recall that Baptiste's uh, defense matrix had been widened greatly Um, they really increased it from a sort of, I'm not sure what the exact measurements are but 4x4 a perfect square uh, uh, wall kind of thing to a more like, I don't know nine by four i guess a a widescreen version of it um which really obviously covered a lot more corners a lot better uh covered a lot of angles a lot better um and honestly looked kind of hilarious although i've always thought that the defense matrix was kind of an interesting uh move i remember when they first announced baptiste i actually thought the defense for some reason i don't know why but i actually thought the defense matrix was a joke um I don't know what it was, or maybe I thought they were they were still testing it, or they were working on his uh, his ultimate ability still. And I thought it was just like a a trial thing where he literally puts this big square in front of him that makes you know projectiles that pass through it uh, do more damage and things like that. But then I remember seeing it live in game and just being like, oh, okay, they were serious about that. Um, so, anyways, I thought it made it just even more comical, making it from a square into a rectangle, but that's one of the few things that is not making it into this live update, so I won't talk too much more about it. Um, One thing I should have noted at the beginning of the article is this did go live October 29th, so that is Thursday of last week, Um, so these changes are live already now. Outside of that, most of the changes were just smaller things. Um, you know, Brig got a health increase of 25 points. McCree got a health increase of 25 points. Symmetra got a shield increase uh, from 100 to 125 points. So lots of just little things that aren't you know super impactful. Um, McCree's uh, peacekeeper reload time is reduced by 0.3 of a second. You know, Bap had a few other changes to his fire rate and things like that. But nothing nothing too too worth mentioning. Widowmaker got Uh, nerfed down from 200 health to 175 so her you know one hit uh kill potential um kind of reflects on her now as she can get one hit quite a bit more easily but i digress uh that's what we're looking at there and that's all i really have to say about the patch notes Uh, overall not not too exciting of a patch not too interesting uh changes especially because they got rid of that baptiste one um, but, hey, probably going to start seeing a lot more uh, May work her way back into, uh, into some of that competitive scene. So that's what we have there. Now, the next article I have here is from Tom Chapman, and this was posted on GG Recon, if I'm correct. Yes, I'm correct. So I'll read the title there. I'll read a little snippet of it, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, so definitely go find this article if you're interested to read more. So the article reads like this, Overwatch still has 10 million monthly active users after 4.5 years. It sounds like players are far from, quote, over Overwatch, as Blizzard Entertainment's beloved first-person shooter still has a massive fan base some four and a half years after the title first launched. While Overwatch has since been joined by the likes of Fortnite, Apex Legends, and Valorant, Blizzard's title is the OG in terms of cashing in on the FPS esports scene. Riot has kept its grip when it comes to League of Legends with Worlds. However, the recent success of the Overwatch League final means the game shows no signs of age. Activision Blizzard is one of the biggest publishers around, boasting everything from Call of Duty to World of Warcraft, and yet we still seem to forget Overwatch. With there being such a back catalogue of huge gaming franchises, is it any wonder Activision Blizzard's Q3 takings are through the roof? When the coronavirus pandemic first kicked off toward the start of this year, few could have predicted the effect it would have on the gaming industry as we stayed in our homes and glued to our screens. The uptick in the esports scene has also helped Overwatch flourish in 2020. According to Activision Blizzard, Overwatch quote, continues to have a large and dedicated community end quote. To be more precise, there are around 10 million active monthly users who log on and shoot each other to pieces. There was also a nod to the OWL Finals that earned the honor of being the most watched in the league's history. It's great news for Overwatch and comes at a time when there's also plenty of buzz about Overwatch 2. Promising something different to the first game, Overwatch 2 is expected to be a big hitter of BlizzCon 2021, bracket in its new online format. It's also here that we're hoping to find out what the future holds for the OG Overwatch. So... A little bit to digest there, um, good read, uh, some interesting information about Activision Blizzard's uh, earnings call follow there. Um, I know they they talk a little bit about how they made like 1.9 billion in revenue for Q3, um, largely on the back of Call of Duty. But honestly, I mean, hey, if you're an investor in Activision Blizzard, if you're a higher up in Activision Blizzard, you're raking in the money. If you're a game developer, maybe not so much, but hopefully some of that trickles down. But uh, I wanted to bring this up because A, obviously it shows that uh, Overwatch is still big. You know, I think one of the things that it's easy to get bogged down in when it comes to Overwatch is the sort of uh, reputation it has for having a really toxic and negative community. Um, I personally, I mean, I personally don't see a lot of that. Now, granted, I think that's in large part because I don't necessarily go on the overwatch uh the competitive overwatch subreddit which i know has a reputation for that i also don't play on pc as we've talked about here before i play on playstation 4 and i'm not gonna lie i think the console experience is a lot better in that community sense because not everyone has mics and if they do they don't play with them and that's a big difference for some reason the the headset and mic Uh, combination just goes kind of hand-in-hand with uh, PC gaming if you ask me whereas I think even though you know since the 360 it's been commonplace to have a headset for online gaming on console I just I just don't think that it's that synonymous with uh, with a console and you know again maybe a part of that is just because I mean most people don't wear a headset when watching TV so if you're playing a console connected to a TV you know, the impulse is not necessarily to put on a headset. Lots of people have gaming rooms, that kind of thing. Whereas when you're on a computer, um, I mean, in my experience, you know, built-in PC or laptop speakers are never the best. And you always want something external. And now the you know headsets have come so such a long way and now that communication is really key in a lot of games like overwatch i think the headset really comes into play a lot more um and you know you kind of enable some of that that toxicity when suddenly everyone's able to shout at each other now again i won't say that uh you know there isn't toxicity on all levels and all platforms because there certainly is some and i mean we've all heard it and we've all heard frustrated people in a match or whatever and you know finger pointing in a match and all that shit but ultimately i would say that uh this is a good thing you know uh just absolutely incredible numbers 10 million monthly active users now again that's going to be a little inflated because certainly you know some people might log in and play a match and bounce some people might fire up the game and then walk away from their computer and never touch it again which would be odd but hey it might happen um as well, I mean, some people might just log in, do the, the Halloween event or something like that, and then bounce, right? So there's any number of reasons that could be inflated. Um, I would certainly think it's, you know, just total ballpark random guess. I would say it's probably closer to maybe 8 million. But even still, if that's the case, those numbers eclipse tons of other games out there. I mean, look at look at almost any other multiplayer franchise and, and how they struggle to keep up with uh, with Remaining current and 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 in the minds of gamers, um, you know this article mentions other games like Fortnite, Apex Legends, Valorant. Obviously, Valorant is really on the rise right now and is is still seemingly big. I think it's I think personally it's lost a little bit of steam, although with Flashpoint and everything, it's definitely regaining some of that. Um, I think it kind of had you know a, a, a rocket to popularity and then it kind of dipped a little bit, but now it's coming back. So certainly it's, it's a big deal, especially coming from, from Riot Games. Um, but then, you know, you look at Apex Legends, you look at Fortnite, uh, some of these, these Battle Royale games, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's Battle Royale, um, things like that, you know. There's only a handful of them overall. Like I said, this article lists Fortnite, Apex Legends, Valorant. That's three. If you want to throw another one in there, like I say, Call of Duty, and then what else do you got? I mean, League of Legends is totally different because it's not a first-person shooter. But if you want to talk big online multiplayer games, you throw that in there, you throw in maybe World of Warcraft, which again, totally different genre. But you put all of those in a pot and you say those are your really big online multiplayer games. Well, that's only six games, you know? So there's not there's not a ton of space in the market for these, uh, these games that people keep coming back to and keep playing for years and years after... Uh, after the game launches but obviously uh you know being an overwatch podcast i'm more than happy to hear that we still have some 10 million monthly active users one thing i would actually be really really curious to find out about is the breakdown of that user base obviously being first person shooter and being largely uh, esports centric as well as being from blizzard um, you know blizzard proper as the developer um, i definitely I would suspect that the bulk of the player base is on pc but like i say i would love to know how many uh how many monthly active users uh overwatch has on playstation 4 and xbox one i guess um it took me a minute to figure out what xbox it would be on there i don't know why Um, but i think that'd be really exciting to see Um, Not to mention it would kind of give a a good indication of really how healthy the game is. Everyone knows Blizzard games last for years and years and years on PC. Just look at World of Warcraft, um, you know, look at StarCraft, look at Diablo. um, And yes, I'm aware that Diablo came to this most recent console generation as well and had remasters and everything like that, but I digress. The point is, um, you know, Blizzard is typically, I think, associated with PC games. Um, it's only really, I think Diablo 3 was kind of the one that started their for real true true foray into console gaming. And hell, I'm super glad that Overwatch made it. Um, so anyways, exciting stuff there. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention that does relate to this article uh, was they, they talked about um, Overwatch 2, you know, expected to be a big hitter of BlizzCon 2021, which obviously is not in doubt. Um, They also touched a little bit on the fact that there are certainly some things that will change when it comes to uh, Overwatch 2. Now, again, this is all speculation, and obviously I've read some articles about this and everything like that, but one thing that I'm personally excited to see and what I I think is is a very real possibility is the idea of Overwatch going free-to-play. Now, obviously, that would cause a spike in, in, uh, the player base. I think we would certainly see, um, you know, a jump in number of active users, um, at least initially. But I think the, the big question is, is why would they do this? Um, you know, I think a lot of people have said, oh, they don't want to battle pass. They don't want to see it go free to play and that kind of thing. Um, in my mind though, that's probably the way of the future. Um, you look at a game like Call of Duty Warzone and that's totally free to play. Um, I actually like Call of Duty Warzone. Have I spent a dollar on it? Not a chance. I play it quite a bit and uh, I've never put any money into it because I personally just don't care about the, you know things like the skins, the cosmetics, and I'm not playing it enough that I really care about something like that. Now when it comes to something like Overwatch, definitely. I would definitely spend money on a battle pass there, and the other side of it too is, you know, there's there's different ways they could go about it. You look at a something like Call of Duty, like Fortnite. They typically do seasonal battle passes. Um, now, how long the season lasts in those games, I'm not too too sure. But if you call it, you know, if you call a season, even let's say two months, uh, so eight weeks, which is probably, I want to say a little short. I could I could be wrong, but let's just for argument's sake call it eight weeks. Um, So every eight weeks, someone is forking over anywhere from 20, 30, maybe 40. I don't know if they could get away with 40 bucks every two months, but let's just call it $20 on the low end. Uh, Well, in a matter of six months, so half a year, you've made what you would have made on a one-time purchase of the game, roughly with a game being roughly $60. I know next gen, the, the price of games is rumored to be going up, but regardless, um, again, for argument's sake, let's just say, you know, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, that's six months, that's $60. And then maybe the person drops off from there, but the company's already made their money back. Maybe the person re-ups even once more. And now suddenly they've got another $20. Maybe they re-up after that again, they've suddenly got another $40, you know, and it builds from there. So honestly, I think that I think a battle pass could really be the way to go i'd love to have something like a premium version of the game maybe you fork over 80 dollars once 60 dollars, whatever it ends up being and you get you know the battle pass for the year or something like that so that then you know it kind of empowers the players to make the decision of okay what kind of commitment am i gonna make here what do i really want to do um as well as you know do i do i care enough to continually spend money you know Will I be around a year after this? That's hard for a lot of people to say. So maybe that's the way to go. Maybe they have different tiered options kind of thing. As long as it doesn't affect game gameplay, I don't really mind, especially because like I say, all it really does is increase the player base. And hey, the more players that are playing the game, the more support the game's gonna get, the more money the company's gonna make off the game ultimately. So I think that all bodes well. But again, that's a lot of speculation. So I'll I'll stop it there. I'll stop it there. Um, moving on from there, that's honestly all I have, all the news that I have to talk about this week. Um, I've started expanding my horizons when it comes to my news sources. I've looked at a few that uh, I don't normally check, um, but honestly, things are not—I wouldn't say slow right now when it comes to Overwatch. Things are mostly focused on the Overwatch League and free agency. Um, so, without further ado, let's dive into the owl tracker there's no stopping me okay so now diving in here um first i'd like to point out again you know if you're looking for a trade tracker things like that just google it um i personally have been using one from liz richardson on dot um, that she updates periodically throughout the day every day kind of thing um and i like it quite a bit that said i'm also a little confused because there are a few things that i swear i've talked about already or I swear, um, you know, happened earlier than they are listed here. I could be entirely wrong, however, um, y- you know, I-, I like the format of this one, so I stick to it and I'll report things as I see them here. Um, now just a bit of a refresher. Last week, the last thing that I read was the Hangzhou Spark releasing uh, Rhea, Assassin, Bebe, a- Adora, and Addo. I also added on to that, because it wasn't on here, that uh, the San Francisco Shock signed Agape as assistant coach coming over from the London Spitfire. Now the interesting thing is, I looked here to see if that was right after October 18th, which is where we left off, and I don't see that until October 26th, so I'm a little bit uncertain, like I say, a little confused, I'm wondering if maybe things weren't official or something like that, maybe Agape hadn't confirmed it, I don't know. But regardless, I already talked about that one, so when I get to it, I'll just breeze over it a little bit, um, just because, like I say, you can catch that on last week's episode if you are so inclined. Now, let's dive back in there. So as I mentioned, October 18th is where we left off last week after recording. So this week, we're going to start off on October 19th. And again, this is almost certainly something that I already reported on, but I'm going to read it, but I won't talk too, 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 too much about it. Actually, just can check something here. Okay, yeah. So, October 19th, Houston Outlaws promote former player Matt Cool Matt Iorio to general manager. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, last week's episode is when I talked about this. I looked at the article, and I think that's, I think I actually might have included it in the news section of last week, whereas it wasn't on the tracker here. But regardless, I talked a lot about how this, uh, you know, if you look up Cool Matt's kind of story or his whatever career progression. This kind of gives hope to a lot of uh, people and players and staff and everything about the promise of being in an organization and and working your way up because cool matt did start out kind of you know air quotes on the bottom and made his way up now in the gm position so exciting stuff there and good for uh, the houston outlaws exciting to see a lot of the changes that they're they're making already in this off season. moving on from there October 20th, Boston Uprising officially re-signed main tank fusions, off-tank punk, DPS color hex and support Bong. Now, that's all very, very interesting um, for the simple fact that uh, I think I talked about this one last week as well, actually. If I repeat myself, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it. Um, A lot of these players are probably making the best of a bad situation. Obviously, Boston is the bad situation in this uh, turn of phrase, however, I'm not certain a lot of those players would find a home if they didn't re-sign with Boston. So at least in doing this, you know, they they stay on with the organization, Um, depending on what other talent Boston is able to attract, a lot of them are likely starters. If they're not, and Boston is able to get someone to come in and take over a role or two, then that could potentially mean that there's potential for you to go somewhere else. It could also mean that you know you stay with the organization, you move into a um, one of those player co- coach roles, that kind of thing. So ultimately, like I say, I think a lot of these players are just making the best out of what they've the the hand they've been dealt, so to speak. Um, with the exception of that probably being Myung-bong, I think he obviously had a a fairly promising uh i don't know it has some some good skill behind him so if he wanted to or if he uh, if he pushed for it he could make an opportunity to make a play somewhere else or move somewhere else but obviously good for him for staying hopefully he likes it there in boston and uh, hopefully all of them can see a little more success than this past season now also on the 20th another story that i already reported on Uh, Hacksall announces uh, he's leaving the New York Excelsior because he is retiring from professional Overwatch. Now last week I think I talked about how it's sad to see him go obviously it is sad to see him go but I was listening to another uh, Overwatch League podcast I believe it was Tactical Crouch and they talked about the fact that uh, you know just because someone retires doesn't necessarily mean that they are retiring forever. So that's a really good point. Um, You know, Hacksall, I think last year, 2019, when he played uh, for the Vancouver Titans, yay. Uh, Obviously, I think, uh, not I think, he did win Rookie of the Year, so everyone was excited to see him come back. And then of course uh, everything that happens with Vancouver happens. He moves to New York. I think everyone was excited to see him there. Um, I don't think he really found a slot on the team or or for whatever reason the team didn't find a slot for him. Um and unfortunately they couldn't truly take advantage of a lot of that rookie of the year skill that I think he he had the season prior. Um so you know, disappointing we don't get to see more of him, but like I say, uh retirement for now doesn't mean retirement forever. And certainly uh he he's won being a rookie last year, this being his second year. I think we could see a return from return from Haxall, you know come overwatch 2 come next overwatch league season uh not 2021 obviously i mean 2022 anything like that you know who knows what his aspirations are but could be you know a glimmer of hope there we'll call it moving on from there october 21st new york excelsior part ways with dps nene uh and ho- who are you off tanks hotba and bianca so New York, um, you know, cutting about half their, uh, I don't know about half the roster there, cutting a few players, a few decent names as well. Um, I mean, Nene, who are you, Bianca uh, Bianca's probably the only one I'm not too familiar with, but definitely names that, uh, you know, you've seen around the league and were excited to see, you were excited to see in New York. Um, I think Nene is probably the standout there, but... Regardless, uh, what's New York doing is a question on everyone's mind. Uh, what what kind of moves will they make? And obviously, as we will see, I'm just going to check the tracker. I'm going to spoilers jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, okay. There's at least one more uh, piece that we will get to that does get moved, um, which continues to beg the question, what is New York doing? Um, you know, they've got some, some pretty big talent. They've got They've largely built their organization around, you know, at least one name, say Olbi, and potentially, to a lesser extent, two names with Jonak, being the MVP of uh, season one there. So they definitely have some pieces. They've got some good pieces for sure. They've got some decent pieces as well. Um, So New York, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, Yeah, that's all I'll say on them. Moving on from there, Philadelphia Fusion releases EQO, DPS Chipsa, and head coach KDG. Now, uh, this is a bit more of an interesting one, just because Philadelphia, as I've mentioned on previous episodes, I don't know that we had a clear indication of what they needed to do to really step their game up in a in a hardcore sense to, you know, get over that hump of uh, winning the finals and things like that. But maybe this is a part of it eqo i'm a little bit sad to see go i think eqo hopefully he finds a place because he's definitely i think in my mind one of the one of the stronger parts of uh, the philadelphia fusion at least one of the stronger maybe more unsung parts um chipsa you know nothing too exciting there again i talked before I, i'm not fully certain i understand the chipsa meme i don't know where it came from i don't know why it came you know he was a bit of a fist one trick and i guess that's what the meme is but i digress And then head coach KDG, also an interesting one because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know that you point the finger at KDG in terms of their performance, but at the same time, I mean, such is competitive sports. Now, what's interesting as well about KDG is that uh, is where he goes. So I won't talk on that too, too much just yet, but we'll get there. Moving on from there, uh, still on October 22nd, no, 21st, sorry. Toronto Defiant releases DPS players, Agilities, Surefor, Zik, Beast, Numlocked, Nevix, Cruz, oh, I'm skipping over their roles, Rocky, and Flex support Kareev. Uh, the team also releases Coach Mangachu. Now, uh, like I say, I didn't mean to actually skip over all of their roles there, but the moral of the story here is they released everyone except for Logix. Um, again, spoilers will come up on Logix in a couple days here. That was a big shock because uh, Toronto, I think, is another bit of a question mark. You know, what are the goals of the the organization? What's the ultimate you know want? Uh, what are they shooting for, kind of thing? Do they want to be the best team in Canada? Well, I mean, hey, they got an easy win there when Vancouver imploded, and now I think they're they kind of are. Um, at the same time, you know, I think they definitely had some promise there. They had lots of uh, really good players, Agilities, Beast, um, you know, Cruz, Kareev. Um, I think that they they had some good players. They had a good foundation there. Um, but it seems like they they likely must have had some internal discussion saying, blow it all up. It's win or bust kind of thing. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think I actually I also follow Adam Adamu, is the uh ceo or something to that extent of overactive media on twitter and he is uh, i'm just checking his twitter there okay it doesn't actually oh cso chief strategy officer at overactive media the company that owns the toronto defiant and if i'm not mistaken i believe he actually tweeted that they have a two-year plan um I would assume that that starts with one year of a rebuild in some form and uh, moves on from there to lead them to the top. Um, Can they do it? Hard to say. However, as I mentioned before, uh, they obviously are serious about it based on one signing that we will get to shortly here um, in terms of their head coach and uh, yeah, hopefully. It works out for them i'd love to cheer for a canadian team if uh, the vancouver titans aren't going to be it and if calgary is not going to get a team anytime soon which i don't think they are but i would love it i'm always here as i've mentioned before calgary team in calgary bring a team to calgary bring an overwatch league franchise to calgary come on october 22nd hangs out spark adds shy to its roster Um, This one, I actually, uh, honestly, I wouldn't have known too much about this if it were not for an article I was reading just before this. Um, But unfortunately, I don't remember where that was. People are pretty hype about Shy, so it'll be really exciting to see what he can do. Um, Just purely based on uh, what he's done in Contenders and what the rumors are about him. Moving on from there, Soul Dynasty announced DPS Profit and Tank Gesture will return in 2021. Uh, nothing too too surprising there I think Seoul would have been a little bit crazy to pass on profit and gesture especially being the the, the that they had such a decent decent such a great showing in the finals um, uh, it's actually it'll be interesting to see what Soul does with a lot of their pieces because I think they definitely have again a good foundation going already with uh, with some players like you know slime on the on the uh, support line Um i think toby also on the support line but i think toby is maybe one that they could get rid of but hey that's just me guessing i digress moving on from there atlanta rain officially release dogman frd fire pokebow as well as erster and saucy so atlanta um you know this one was already talked about as well but i think this is the fact that they officially released them um that is a lot of their roster and it's a big deal again atlanta in a lot of ways in my mind actually call them the american toronto although at the same time obviously much better performing than toronto but you know given that that's what the moves they're making and everything i won't be surprised at all to see if they you know kind of make a similar play as it seems like toronto is washington justice we're still on october 22nd parts ways with main tank roar um, nothing too surprising there. I think Roar was a little bit of a, uh, a bit of a pawn they needed to move in in a sense, in in chess terms, if you will. Um, I don't think Roar had too too much of an impact over on their team. Although I was at the same time a little bit underwhelmed by Tuba, and they kept Tuba obviously. So, moving on from there, October twenty third. This is where things really start to get interesting. Paris Eternal released coaching staff, including head coach Rush, general manager 9K, assistant coaches Levi, and aid. Now, that's particularly interesting because the rumor, which I actually, I meant to go find a source for and I didn't, but I have read sources about it. The rumor is that Paris is in trouble in terms of their financials. Uh, That's not true. I shouldn't say that. Let me, let me rewind. Let me re-speak on that. The rumor is that Paris' Paris's directive is to cut spending, I should say. So nothing about their financial suffering or anything. Just the rumor is that they are operating on a bit of a shoestring budget. And because of that, we're basically going to see all of their talent leave. Um, obviously, this could, in large part, be the case there. I was listening to the Tactical Crouch podcast today. They talked a little bit about Paris and... Uh, John noted, John, maybe it was John, I can't remember who said it. One of them said uh, that the account has not put anything up in the past nine days. So in terms of social media, that is not a good sign. Um, That does not show a healthy organization. So sad to see that that's what's happening, you know, if it is a turmoil kind of situation. Maybe it's a strategy thing, but I largely doubt it. Moving on from there, October 23rd still, Rush from the Paris Eternal, joins the Dallas Fuel as head coach. I'm not going to talk about that just yet, because the next point, Dallas Fuel acquired DPS, Sparkle, off tank, Hanbin, from the Paris Eternal. So, obviously, now we see a little bit of that Paris stuff coming into effect. Um, I think we actually will talk a little bit more about a few uh, other Paris, uh, not Paris, uh, sorry, Dallas moves in a minute here. But that's interesting, because obviously, Paris Eternal, basically just hopping over the sea, hopping over the ocean, down to Dallas. Now, I think that does mean good things for Dallas. Hopefully Dallas doesn't literally just duplicate their roster because, you know, that's not necessarily a way to success when the team didn't succeed in placing first in the first place. But it seems like they're bringing over a lot of them. So, hey, not necessarily a bad thing. You know, Sparkle uh, definitely shone this past season, especially in the Genji meta. Hanbin, I think, definitely had a good showing Um, Although certainly not, you know, the, uh, the turnaround that some of the players on Paris saw, I think we saw a few players over on Paris this past season, really kind of have a get their comeuppance, um, you know, a most improved award kind of season for someone like Ben Best, um, even uh, Nico in some ways. Um, But regardless, that's what Dallas is doing. And that's a little bit about what Paris is doing. Still on October twenty third, Philadelphia Fusion adds 9k as head coach. Obviously, that's you know, an exciting one. Um, like I say, uh, Rush going from Paris to Dallas and then 9K going from Paris to Philly. So definitely a big play. Philadelphia making those changes, hopefully, you know, taking those leaps to really push themselves forward. October 24th, Washington Justice re Decay for the 2021 season and add Main Tank Mag. Now, uh, the Decay signing, I don't know that anyone's too, too surprised about that. Um, I'm not sure if he was signed on one of those temporary two-week whatever contracts at the end of the season with Washington, but obviously it's well known now that Washington is doing a all-Korean rebuild, um, and Decay obviously is going to be sort of a centerpiece in that. Uh, but what's exciting about this one is MAG. Um, Kim Mag Sung. now I don't again I don't follow contenders too too much but if you look up Mag all you will read is good articles and and, and good things about his performance in contenders people are really excited to see him come in and uh, join the tank line there with Decay so still on October 24th Toronto Defiant adds KDG as head coach and officially re-signs DPS Logix now this is what I was talking about with uh, Toronto Um, obviously nabbing kdg from philadelphia is a big play um certainly not uh certainly toronto not resting on their laurels if that's the kind of uh, talent they're attracting but it does also make me wonder a little bit if they're putting the money behind the coaching and you know obviously they re-signed logics which is great logics is a great player but uh it does beg the question what kind of team are they trying to build and hopefully kdg will come in and be a big part of that hopefully it's not just all coming from higher up but uh we have yet to see obviously moving on from there next up october 25th san francisco shock parts ways with dps rascal um i think i talked about this one as well last week but uh you know, sad to see Rascal go just because Rascal is definitely a powerhouse. But the air quotes scuttlebutt that I've heard is he didn't necessarily gel with the team culture um, and not so much the players, but I think the team culture coming down from higher up there. So regardless, I think it'll be interesting to see where Rascal lands, but he's definitely going to land somewhere. Still on the 25th, Shanghai Dragons release, uh, Giggory, DM Luffy, Diding, and Dia. Now, I did talk about this one as well because uh, Shanghai making some relatively big changes. You know, five players uh, all done, including the only uh, female player in the Overwatch League. So sad to see that happen, but hopefully some more will come up. But regardless, um, Shanghai overall, again, you know, no team is safe seemingly this season, maybe with the exception of the San Francisco Shock, but there is another heavy rumor with San Francisco Shock that I will come to at the end of the season, at the end of the season, at the end of the show that I'll get around to, just because I don't think anything has been announced. Moving on from there, October 26th, Philadelphia Fusion re-sign assistant coaches, Moby Dick and Christopher. Nothing too shocking there. I think uh, shocking that they got rid of their head coach, uh, but keeping the assistant coaches, obviously, those two know how uh, how a lot of the players work, know the synergy between them. Hopefully they just uh, can work with their new head coach to integrate them into the team a little more. Still on October 26th, and this is one that I mentioned I talked about at the end of last show, San Francisco Shock adds Agape as assistant coach, promotes Casores from analyst to assistant coach. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about that just because San Francisco making changes on the sort of higher up uh, line after, you know, getting rid of people like Junkbuck and things like, not getting rid of, but after he moves to Houston and things like that. Um, Ultimately, not too surprising just because San Francisco obviously not going to rest on their laurels, but at the same time, they have so much talent. I don't know that they want to get rid of any of their talent. So that's what it looks like there. October 27th, Houston Outlaws re-sign Dante for the 2021 season. Dallas Fuel. Oh, nope. Let's talk about Dante for a second here. Uh, Dante being re-signed not too surprising but at the same time kind of surprising just because I think the the vibe Houston was giving off prior was that they were going to be axing a lot and I mean they have obviously made a lot of changes already made a lot of cuts already I don't think I would have necessarily thought that Dante would be sticking around but purely based on on the uh, sort of feeling Houston was giving so good for Dante for being resigned anyways Dallas Fuel acquires Flex Support Fielder and Repel. So that's an exciting one. Um, Fielder in particular, I think, uh, is very exciting for the simple fact that, uh, um, uh, again, you know, another one of the former Paris Eternalites, if you will. Um, So Dallas, you know, continuing to build things up um, will be exciting to see what they can do in the next season. Los Angeles Gladiators add Tai formerly of Guangzhou Charge, Guangzhou Charge, as assistant coach. Um, that's one of the sort of first moves that uh, we've really seen Los Angeles Gladiators make. Obviously, uh, Big Goose and Shaz were both uh, released earlier in the season. Um, I feel like there's a third one that I'm forgetting. But LA, I think, largely looking to make some changes. So good for them for bringing in uh, some new blood in the uh, coaching capacity. Washington Justice adds Hokery, formerly of Soul Dynasty, as personal coach. Personnel coach? Not too sure what impact that has just because, you know, most of the ro- roles when it comes to the Overwatch League are so hit and miss in terms of who's actually responsible for what on any given team. So October 28th, Soul Dynasty resigns Fitz, Uh DPS fits, support, creative, and tank Marvel. So again, Soul Dynasty, um, you know, not getting rid of a ton, it seems like um, making some, some re likely things were just in the negotiation stages, which is why things hadn't been announced yet, but good for them for, uh, you know, making sure they're locking down some of that talent. Um, however, at the same time, I do wonder if maybe they, uh, should be making a few more changes, definitely a few questionable re-signings, but who knows how big the roster is going to look anyways. So we will wait and see. Um, definitely. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Slime is a name that has not yet come up, um, and I am eagerly anticipating uh, hearing if he's staying with Soul or not. Moving on from there, Dallas Fuel re-signs Assistant Coach Yong adds aid, formerly of Paris Eternal. So again, we see even more Paris Eternal coming over to Dallas, and that does again beg the question, what is Dallas doing? Are you literally just copy-pasting Paris over over here? You know, uh, there's only a few people that haven't come yet. Like I said, Nico, uh, Ben Best. Um, uh, There's another one that I'm forgetting. I can soon, I was gonna say I can picture him, but I can't think of his name soon. Um, You know, maybe they're just taking all the non-French players and bringing them over. Hard to say. Uh, Hopefully that's not what they're doing. Like, hopefully they'll make some other moves and hopefully Paris isn't in the trouble that I've already talked a little bit about. But I digress. October 30th, Los Angeles Gladiators promote brenda Sa to general manager um so this one is actually quite a big deal um we now have officially because the london spitfire did it already we now have two female general managers in the overwatch league which is really exciting because guess what i don't care what you think Repu- representation matters uh so the los angeles gladiators tweeted this out the best leaders often emerge from the front lines of battle join us in welcoming at bsa underscore as our general manager for the 2021 season so um, exciting stuff here, um, obviously Gladiators coming off a disappointing season last uh, last season I believe they finished either 9th or 11th, I think, I want to say 9th, so they were one up from that 10th uh, middle middle of the line position. So hopefully Brenda can make some good changes there or help uh, help influence some change that is much needed around there. Moving on from there, I have our final days update here we are now officially in november the election in for all my american listeners which i'm sure is many 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 i have thousands of american listeners uh i digress the election is tomorrow and so our last update comes from today november 2nd paris eternal dps players soon and nico 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 gdh and main tank main tank sorry benbest announced their free agency now i know i already talked about the three of them um literally seconds ago but this one's kind of interesting even though they're free agents it doesn't necessarily mean much it doesn't mean that they won't get picked up by paris still um which is you know it kind of begs the question like why announce anything but really it's it's a power play it's negotiation right it's so they they can have offers made to them and everything like that so that you know the other organizations know that they're not locked to paris so Hopefully, we do see some, you know, some returning uh, in that sense. Just because I think, uh, like I say, I mean, Ben Best and Nico definitely had uh, did shine this season. When I think a lot of people would have said they were definitely over their hump. Um, no offense, but especially Ben Best. Um, I think he, like I say, most improved award right there. And and soon, I certainly, uh, I certainly don't think was too bad either. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, I also alluded to. Uh, one of these upcoming ones here NYXL main support Mandu announces his free agency so another New York piece on the table now I'm going to jump over one of these actually no uh, Seoul Dynasty releases strategist Wizard Hyong. now I don't know anything about a strategist and that's not necessarily I don't really think that's a role that they have on most North American teams so hey uh, hope you find something new, but that's it for that. Now the final point here, New York XL main tank Mono departs the team and joins the Philadelphia Fusion. So that one is one of the ones I alluded to earlier because that could potentially be a big deal. Um, do I necessarily think that main tank is a role that Philly needed to improve largely on? No, but Mono is definitely a, a great piece to bring in, I think, almost on any team. So it'll be really exciting to see what he can do with Philly, um, especially under some of the new management. So that is officially all I have on the OWL tracker. But I wanted to bring up just one more thing, and that was the rumors about San Francisco Shock and Moth. So Moth, as we all know, is... um, in a lot of ways oh of course when you google moth owl you get freaking real moths overwatch league moth there we go thank you that's much better um so as we all know uh main support player for the san francisco shock integral in both of their championship seasons i think i don't think anyone can deny the impact moth has had on this team um from his, you know, his stellar Lucio play, definitely one of the best Lucios in the league to his uh, ridiculous Mercy play. Um, you know, it, honestly, for us support mains like myself, Moth is a huge inspiration, huge inspiration. Um, but it, honestly, just the skill this guy possesses is actually insane. Um, ridiculous seeing seeing everything he can do. Um, so anyways, the rumor that i was reading last night is that he might be going to the los angeles gladiators now obviously this is speculation obviously this is a rumor take this with the tiniest grain of salt you possibly can but if this happens what a play for the los angeles gladiators um if this happens i really truly hope that los angeles has deep pockets to make something else happen as well because i don't think simply adding a main support player will really and truly uh, improve the situation in LA. Um, obviously, they've added a few other pieces already, as we've talked about. They've Obviously, they have a new GM and everything too. But ultimately, um, well, and on top of that, I mean, we know that Big Goose and Shaz are both gone now, so they have no support line. So yeah, does it make sense they're looking for a main support? Absolutely. Does it make sense that Moth make that jump? I mean, all I would say is I hope they're paying him well if he does. And if if he does as well, then I hope they've got some other big pieces coming in. Because I think, you know, if you take out the support lineup of San Francisco, uh, because the Gladiators also have no support lineup right now, and you compare each position to its equal counterpart on the other team, I do not think the Gladiators stand up against San Francisco. So, long story short... If that's a reality, if that's something that is actually going to happen, I wish Moth the best of luck. And I will potentially cheer for the Los Angeles Gladiators. I like their colors. I like their logo. But ultimately, uh, I kind of wish, I kind of hope that Moth stays with San Francisco. But hey, like I say, it's all speculation at this point. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Excuse me for dropping in. And that, of course, brings us to the end of episode 23. Um, obviously, I hope you enjoyed yourself. This was One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast, where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. As you know, I'm your host, at Sir Dr J M. that is at S-I-R-D-R-J-M. And, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram, and please reach out to me if you have suggestions, if you have topics, if you have anything you want to hear me discuss. Um, please let me know and I'm more than happy to uh, give you a shout out and uh, and discuss whatever you've got on the table. Um, you can find the podcast on all podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast services, etc, etc. Um, reach out to me on Twitter if, uh, if you find something's missing there. But um, that's all I have to say about the latest episode, episode 23 of One Man Watchpoint. So tune in next week and we'll talk about Everything else that comes out in the week to come. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye.